evening and welcome to Monday night here on DJN TV. It is industry spotlight time. Monday nights at eight o'clock Eastern. We do this. And tonight I'm joined by Kristen Wilson. Good evening, Kristen. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Uh, for those of you who have not met Kristen, Kristen is from RDJ Rock. She's the CEO. Kristen, give us that little kind of elevator speech. So for those who have never met you or have, have heard any of your videos or any of your uh, presentations, tell them a little bit about yourself. What's up, guys? So like John said, I'm Kristen Wilson. I'm out of Orlando, Florida. My kind of claim to fame is I am the founder and owner of Our DJ Rocks. We are an all-female DJ multi-op. That's how we started. Um, we also have our sister company, which is Photo Booth Rocks. So we have a massive photo booth operation on kind of, you know, our board of brands as well. So RDJ Rocks. Now, there's something semi-unusual about your company. Can you share a little bit more about, about why you went that direction and in specifically I'm referring to your staff? <laughs> so it's funny because if you would have asked me this question so many years ago, I never, ever, ever first and foremost intended to have a team of DJs. I was like, there's no way they can't do it like me. I can't let go of control. Um, and over the course of time, I was introduced or people would come into my life who just had amazing, charismatic magnetic personalities with a craving to learn and be coached and fell in love with the industry just like I did. And so it was almost like I saw a little bit of me inside of every single one of them, which is really cool. They obviously happen to be female. And so it, I'm telling you, it's funny. It was never out of intention that all my girls are females. Um, and a as we start to grow a little bit, I, I definitely see that changing and evolving to be a little bit more diverse. Um, but all of our associates and every single one of our girls who go through the RDJ Rocks training is female, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think just based on how I was grew up and who I am, I'm, I'm so all about female empowerment. So I, I think that is, is helpful to stay true to who I am. So you, you type of events, let's hit that and then we're going to jump into uh, kind of the backstory of Kristen Wilson tonight. What type of events do you guys kind of specialize then with the, the DJ side? Yeah, so it's it really kind of runs the gamut, um, depending on when you want to look at my dashboards and what part of the year it is. And if are we in a pandemic? Are we not in a pandemic? Uh, we do weddings, corporate and social events. So like I said, depending on the type of the year, anywhere between 50 to 80% of what we do are weddings. And then outside of that, it could be anywhere from 10 to 30% of what we do is corporate. And then obviously kind of filling in the gaps is social. So your sweet 16, your keen say, we have a, we have a super killer, like, um, sweet 16 next Friday. I am like blown away at the amount of things that they're doing. They want spark machines to reveal the Porsche. So I'm like, I can do that. Let's go. <laughs> so nice. that's what we do. Excellent, excellent. Let's jump into the story, the backstory. When let's gonna wind that clock a little bit backwards. When did that love of music first kind of grab onto you? Oh my gosh. Okay, so the love of music. Okay, if you really, 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 really want to rewind, I, I've been singing in the shower since I was two years old. Mm. Um, I thought that I was gonna be Carrie Underwood when I grew up. And I even tried out for American Idol two times and I did not make it, which I don't know why, because like my EP is fire, but I think it's called an EP. I don't really know. Um, when I was when I was a toddler, you could probably call me toddlers and tiaras because my mom had me in beauty pageants. and My talent was always singing. Hmm. And so it, it, music has just always been a part of my life. I remember on Saturday morning 
Sunday mornings when my mom would clean the house, you know, radio stations would be blaring and my dad would be like, what are you doing? There's music everywhere. Um, There was always dancing in the kitchen, you know, on Thanksgiving. So there wasn't a time that music wasn't involved in my life. In middle school, I was in band. I played a French horn. Um, So it's always been a part of it. Now, if you want to kind of rewind just to the DJ days, um, I actually met a DJ who was working for Mark Burgess Productions. And he was like, hey, I kind of need a roadie on my events. And then he asked Mark Burgess, hey, can this chick go? And Mark was like, sure, she can help. And I remember standing next to him in this ballroom of 300 people. There was uplights everywhere, probably three feet tall centerpieces. And what seemed like this voice of God filling the room with, and now I invite every single one of you to rise out of your seats as I introduce to you. And then 300 people stood to their feet and the couple had just obviously gotten married. They were doing introductions. The electricity in the room that I felt that night. And I was like, wait, you get paid to do this? <laughs> I want that. Oh. So like there definitely was a spark that night. And I think, you know, all along my journey, there's been, you know, little bitty pieces. Um, I didn't even know weddings were a thing. I'm from a small town. I thought that like you got married at the church, you had a recessional line and then you had cheese and crackers at your house. So Mm -hmm. the fact that I even get to put these amazing celebrations together and bring two families together and create love, it's, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing that this is what I get to do every day. Mm -hmm. Nice. Great, great story there. So was your mother then really the one who kind of kind of nurtured that musical love at a young age? You know, it probably was. I mean, even still to this day, I'll go over there and she's got sound systems galore, you know, and there's always music blaring. There's always music playing. She's always like, Kristen, did you hear this new, you know, blah, blah, blah. So sometimes I'll even find new music from her because she's searching it on YouTube or whatever. Um, Always dancing in the kitchen. So, yeah. And then, you know, my dad has the complete opposite music taste of her. So you know, whereas she'll be in the front yard in the garden playing her jams and dad's in the backyard working on things, playing his jams. So, yeah. So about how old were you when you started to, you you got to go to that first event and you were like, oh, this is pretty cool. I want to check this out, the DJ thing. Man, I feel like I'm still like 27 with like 10 years of experience. And now I'm going to have to like rewind here a little bit. I feel like it was... Probably the year I graduated college, which was about 2007, I think okay. I went out and I did my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, let me make it very clear. I was not there was no mixing like I was on CDs. It was a CD mix too. you plopped one CD in one <laughs> yep. side, another <laughs> CD in the other. And God forbid if like you only had one copy of that CD and you wanted to play track one and five, like it wasn't going to happen. Yep. It wasn't going to happen. It so yeah, we've definitely fastest. come a long way since then. If you guys get a chance, check out the CD mix too. If you, if you haven't, don't know what we're talking about, check it out. It was a, at the time it was like, Ooh, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to today, it's like, oh, that was so backwards back then. Um, I'm almost a little bit embarrassed to be like, I was on a CD mix too. Oh, heavens, heavens. No, some of us were in, on some really worse things than that back in the day. My first turntables were the Sony ones that I, I took from mom and dad's uh, stereo oh, system. I don't even remember now. I'd have to look at the CD mix. I don't even remember if it had 
jog wheels. Like I don't, I I can't remember for sure, but I don't know if it did. Is it had? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, oh, that that's been a while. I I had one. It sat in the back in the the warehouse, or probably for fifteen years afterwards, twenty years afterwards, and then finally someone's like, "Hey, I want to buy one." Of- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can have it. Uh, yeah, and then for that, your backup was a Discman. Yep. <laughs> Sony Discman. Yeah. And then I can use it later. It's funny because whenever my Spotify skips now and it like skips a track, I'm like, oh, sorry, that's my Discman. CD skips. <laughs> We're so used to that. Or when I still cringe every once in a while when people are in, on the dance floor and they start jumping up and down because of those yeah. days when they would skip the CD or skip the... <laughs> you have PTSD. It's like, I, oh, wait, no, you go ahead, jump. All you need to do is make my monitor quiver a little bit. And that's it. Oh, uh, man, that's uh, hilarious. So when when you get done with college and you're you're going out and you find this DJ thing, you come back and tell mom and dad, what kind of a response did you get when you're like, hey, I think I want to try, give this a try? Yeah, you know, I, everything that I have ever put my mind to and everyone who's in my life and in my circle right now, I just hear their voices echoing in my head because when I tell someone I'm going to do something, I'm already a hundred steps ahead mm. and already have the marketing plan, the budget, the the team, the staff. I have everything already laid out and this is the first time they're hearing it. And then the next day, boom, like it's launched. So you know, for for me, every step of the way to tell my parents, hey, I'm going to DJ, it was like, okay, cool, go, you know. However, when I did start DJing, it was, you know, I do a couple parties a month just for like side money to like pay the mortgage and pay the car. And then it got to the point where I was in my career. I absolutely loved it. I was working for the brand Nickelodeon doing marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. Hello, it's my other passion. Mm-hmm. And the economy got real bad. And so... Um, I picked up even more gigs after that to make sure that, you know, I could cover whatever I needed to to cover. And then when I finally put in my notice at the hotel, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this DJ thing a go full time um, just so I can take on more gigs. And honestly, John, I thought it was going to be the bridge that took me to some bougie corner office in New York City where I worked at an ad agency. Mm. I never thought that I, you know, would be building my own bougie office in my warehouse to take client meetings. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It's wild. It became kind of a, tri- a trip for a person real quick. Yeah. So, so you start, started the company when, and you mentioned earlier when uh, you were initially talking about that of the one of the, you were going to create because you weren't sure you could find other people. When did you get to that point that you were like, Hey, I've got to start finding more people because I'm just, I can't do it all. Oh, okay. So I'm going to give you an analogy on this. So, and I don't know, let's just rewind to when we were kids. And when I was a kid, I would play things like I'd play house, I'd play grocery store, I'd play, I'd play school, I'd play banker, um, you know, I'd play all these little things, right? And so the first five years of business, like it was honestly, like it was cute. It was cute. We were quote unquote making money, but I was probably blowing as much as I made on just like, you know, marketing stuff or like, you know, things that we shouldn't be spending money on dinners out or whatever. And then it got to a point where I'm like, well, wait a minute, this can actually be a career. This could be a career for me. This could be a career for the girls I have on my team. So like, let me switch gears a little bit. And, and some of the decisions, if I rewind were, I can't handle this on my own or there is a sector of the market that I could be making more money, but I don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Or I am not best served doing this position. If I hired for 
X, meaning I hate doing blogs and I hate doing bookkeeping. So, and I hate processing contracts and payments. So could I hire somebody for those positions? And then I go out and do the fun stuff, which is talk to people, DJ, and literally be a CEO. And so I think naturally those were some of the decisions that I made. I also think it goes back to me having that passion of wanting to empower females to be like, you've got this, you don't need anyone, you know, you can be independent, you can love what you do and be able to make enough money to pay your bills. And Mm -hmm. I think whether I say it or not, that's always been a driving force for me. And I love that the model that I've created is able to give people that type of career. It's not a side hustle Mm -hmm. in what we do. Excellent. What was your inspiration or that where that that knowledge came from for you to be able to make those kind of business decisions? Is that something that you took training for or is it something that from your college degree? Where did that to come from? You know, it's funny. I think I fell flat on my face so many times. So a lot of what I have learned is based out of experience and mm-hmm. failure. However, I've always kind of had, you know, a knack for creativity. So obviously my degree has helped with marketing, but everything I learned is not even relevant today. It's just giving you a process to apply what you've learned. Mm -hmm. Second to that, when I did get to the point where I was like, we launched the photo booth brand and I'm like, well, wait, this is, this is totally different selling. I don't even know how to sell this. Wait, I have to sell something. I didn't know how to quote unquote sell for me. It was like, if you like me, book me as your DJ. Right. And then I'm not available. I have two other chicks, book one of them. So there wasn't any selling. And so I did take professional sales training for about two years. Um, That was about a $20,000 bill for Mm -hmm. that school, but it was worth every single penny. And not because like, I hate used car salesmen. And when I email somebody on their website and they call me, I don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I just... I just need the price, you know, Mm -hmm. but for me, I needed to create a process so that I could carry our clients through how we do things. And so there obviously was college, there was that. Um, And I think everything else was making sure that I stayed connected in the industry and outside the industry to figure out, okay, I don't know X, where do I find someone who knows X, Mm -hmm. whether that be accounting or a higher level of bookkeeping or a higher level of budgeting. I've always been very cognizant and aware of what I don't know so that I can search out who does know that and then hire them to do that for me. Very, very good. Uh, too many people don't understand the value in that, uh, which you've, which you have accomplished, what you put together and those, that understanding that, you know, someone who's good at this is going to be better at it than, me struggling through. Hire the professionals, people. For sure. Let's talk a little bit about mentors uh, in the industry when you were getting started. You mentioned Mark earlier, and I want to, can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on on, uh, how Mark was involved in your early uh, getting started? Oh, get me all of my feelings. So for those of you who don't know this story, when I was introduced to Mark and I did, you know, the first roadie gig or whatever, um, we were sitting in his his DJ training class. And I was in the back and I was just doing college homework. And then I would pick up on the things that he was saying. And I'm like, wait, I could do that. I could, that sounds easy. I could do that too. So by the end of the class, the person that I was with, um, the class that ended, and I went up to Mark and I said, Hey, like some of the stuff that you were teaching, I feel like I could do that. I feel like I could learn that. And I literally said, can chicks do this? And he said, with your personality, absolutely, I can train you to do anything. And so 
Mark definitely from the very beginning was one of those mentors who had confidence in me before I even had confidence in myself. Mm -hmm. And if I look back at every timestamp of my career, the most pivotal moments of that has always been when someone else saw the light in me that I didn't see myself. And I think that I kind of translate that to my team too, because I see things in them that they can't see yet. And then I push them and I challenge them. And I think we all need that. Is that something that have you been able to take that skill outside of the DJ industry where you're working with a civic organization? I saw that you were doing some different things within your local community uh, on your your uh, sheet there that I was reading. Have you been able to take that to other areas and utilize that skill to be able to see gifts in other people and help them to develop that? Yes. Oh my gosh. And I just got chills thinking of that because one of the organizations that I'm passionate about here in the Florida area is the Covenant House of Orlando, where they basically, um, the first thing they do is they're just emergency shelter for anyone who's in need, but primarily um, teens to early 20s. And a lot of those people may have been put in situations where maybe they've been abused or in drug situations or parents who can't support them or things like that. And then once, once, once they've got a roof over their head, then they, they teach them, they teach them how to do a budget, how to live on your own, how to be, um, I don't want to call it successful, but like, you know, some of these people don't have the resources that we have. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely can use that there. And then also I recently launched, um, my podcast, which I'm so excited about, which is lovely to Excel. And so I hope that through that, I'm able to connect and share different stories with people across the U S that can help whether you're a business owner or not a business owner, find the resources or just grow as a human. I think that's really important. I mean, to give back. And it's mm-hmm. one of the things that fills my cup, um, podcast, where can I find that as long as we're against you brought that up? Yeah, so it's just lovelydexcel.com and I do my best to post a couple times a week on Instagram, which is at lovelydexcel. Excellent. You guys can go check check that out. Um so so as you were kind of going through and and you've you've been singing since you were a, a, a toddler in the shower. Um music, what what kind of music was really instrumental in your basically growing up years and such that really is kind of like, hey, that's my my type of music that I really enjoy. <laughs> That's so funny because it it's kind of all over the place. I mean, I grew up with, you know, rock and roll and 70s rock and classic rock. I also grew up and, you know, that's kind of like my dad's thing. And then, you know, when 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 rock kind of went funky a little bit, you know, and then when funk went to like, you know, early 90s and hip hop and then now it's just ratchet. So like you know, all the R&B is my vibe. But then, you know, my mom's side of the family is into country music. I never was Mm. like old country, like bluegrass. I can do like 80s country, 90s country. And then obviously today's country is just fun because, you know, they've mixed up all those genres. Um, And then, of course, as a female teenager, you know, I, you can't see it behind me. I could turn my camera around, but I was at all the concerts. I saw Britney perform in person. I got her signature. I saw Backstreet Boys in so like every boy band. I went, I bought every backstage pass to get signatures. Um, so there really wasn't a genre of music that I wasn't connected to except heavy metal. I mm-hmm. couldn't do heavy metal. And the old bluegrass country. And old bluegrass country. <laughs> I think there's a lot of us who probably Those are my only two, like I'm I'm kind of out. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, it sounds like you had a similar household. Yeah, it's a very similar household to a lot of us there growing up. Nice. Um, got a couple of different directions I want to want to go here. Uh, we're going to do the first part here where if you could go back and give some advice to your younger self when you were just coming in and you heard that booming voice and you're like, whoa, this is really cool. I want to get into it. What would have been some advice that today's Kristen would have given that, that Kristen to be more successful or to be able to to increase that learning curve, we'll call it. Wow. <sighs> so now Kristen would probably tell younger Kristen, it's okay to take a breath and breathe and sit in silence and let your thoughts kind of simmer a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because I think that I have a way of once I gather the information, I make decisions very quickly and I go. And, and it wasn't even until COVID hit where I'm like, you know what? It, it showed me and it proved to me that even in the most hectic time of life, there were small moments of silence and joy and gratitude where I was able to at least pause and be like, is this really the direction I want to go? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and then self-care is definitely another one. Great segue. Where does, what does Kristen do to, to relax and recharge the battery? Kristen is obsessed with bike rides. Mm. I I calculated it and I think I've spent over 900 hours riding my bike since probably late May. I, I love it. I love being outdoors. I love the wind in my hair. I love the sunshine. Um, so I love bike rides. Um, I do walk, but like it's super humid in Florida. So don't sign me up. Um, and then also like I track everything on my Fitbit. So I try to walk as many steps as I can. I try to drink as much water as I can. I try to eat healthy because obviously what you put in is what you get out. You know, and at the end of the day, John, I think it comes down to one of those things where I, the there's a lot going on in the world. And for us in this DJ industry, we are so lucky that like this is the sector that we get to create moments mm -hmm. and also money to pay our bills because we could be nurses and resuscitating people on their deathbed and we could be police men or women where we're on the front line like there's so many other things where it really takes a toll on you but for us we we are part of the best day of someone's life and yes. so i never want to take that for granted um and I think that in order to take care of others, whether it's serving our clients, serving my employees, serving my community, I feel like I can't take care of everyone else if I don't take care of me first. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that whole, like you're on an airplane, you got to put the oxygen mask on you yep. first before you get everyone else off. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like what I'm thinking here. <laughs> oh, I've used that analogy on many occasions talking to people about uh, life work balance and how to take care of yourself before yeah. others. Um, we've got a, a few more minutes. We try to keep these to about a half an hour here. So we'll wrap up in just a little bit, Kristen. If for someone who's watching this and is wanting to get into it and they've been inspired that you've been able to take and become a, a successful multi-system operator, where would someone who's just has the desire but doesn't know where to start, where would you recommend they start to build themselves as a DJ in a DJ company? Where would you start to build yourself? Well, I think first and foremost, you know, You've, it's all about relationships at the end of the day. And it's all about relationships, whether or not you want to be the solo talent, whether you want to be a multi-op, whether you want to own an entertainment company, an AV company. It's all about relationship building. And 
everything that we do is a small world and you cannot burn the bridge because whether or not it's, it's public and it's online, people got your cell phone number and they will call you and they will ask you, Hey, what was your experience with this person? And when you're off camera, people will always tell the truth. So I think it's important to make sure you nurture relationships. You never burn a bridge. Um, always give it everything you've got and then make sure that you're following people like DJ NTV um, and the publications and the educators out there to get the information that you need. Um, and I think, I don't even know if I can add anything to that other than it really is about relationships. Mm -hmm. And from someone who has been the person who has worked for someone else, who has built the company and had the multi-op system, and I've rebuilt this thing at least three times, I'm building it again on the other side of COVID, I, I just want to encourage everyone to pause because there are so many ways that you can go about your career in this industry. You can be, you know, luxury talent. You can have a partnership with someone. Um, you don't have to be a multi-op owner to make this a career if you've got the right relationships and the partnerships. And mm -hmm. I can say that now because I don't just have a multi-op. I do have partnerships um, where I am helping other people who are the single talent. I, I watch other people across the U.S. do the same. And so I think it's okay. And I would just encourage everybody as excited as we get pause for a minute and be like, is this really where I want to go? Because once the train starts going 150 miles an hour, it, you cannot stop it. When you're talking you about where you want to go, do you do short term, short goals, medium term, or medium? Yes. yes. So looking ahead, what kind of what kind of goals do you set? Do you set company goals? Do you set individual goals for staff? Or how do you handle your goal setting? I do. So my mind is 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 quite um, intricate. And so my goal setting process usually starts about October, November, every single year, which I'm 25 days late already, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I usually kind of sit down and I start thinking, okay, how did the year go for the company? How did the year go for Kristen? What things do I want to start to change? How do I want to kind of envision the next year, the next three years? And so I'll kind of sit down for the, for, you know, October, November, and I'll, I'll analyze, mm -hmm. I'll analyze and I'll just take mental note and whatever. And then once I get into December, I'm like, okay, what do I really want to accomplish? And for me, that's creating a vision board in my personal life. What are the things I want to work on? Is it, you know, do I want to travel two times this year? Do I, you know, want to nurture my, um, friendships? Do I want to have more date nights? What is it that I want to do mm -hmm. out of life? Um, and then I look and I say, okay, what type of clients do I want to work for? And and I really just kind of look at that and I say, how does this come to life on a vision board? Then at the end of the year, I sit down and I'm like, how do I tie this financially? Because girl got to pay the mortgage. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and then also, of course, I have to sit down and I've got a massive spreadsheet for the company. And it's like, okay, well, I know this DJ needs a raise. This ne DJ needs a raise. We need to hire this position. We need to do this. So it's like, okay, here's what I have to spend. Here's what I know I'm spending on marketing. And then it's like, okay, here's how many events we have to do. Here's our average package price. And hopefully those numbers align. And I got to do a little bit of playing around with that to make mm -hmm. sure that it, it's aligned. But it, it definitely is is a process and it usually starts about right now. And then usually I get to the number that creates a lifestyle that everyone needs. So yay! then you've been successful the whole process where you can get to that point and say, yes, it works out mathematically. I love that you started out with the personal side as far as you start out there and basically the things that you want to be able to accomplish on the personal part of life with spending time with family and, and having experiences. Too many times I think people go on the other side and say basically, well, what's left? Time or money left? And that's what my personal life is going to be. So 
Kudos to you. There was a video that I saw that changed my life mm. in April. So for anyone who's watching, I want you guys to go Google search um, the Jelly Bean Life video and watch that video because at the end of the day, like I could, I could create a company that is a ten million, twenty million dollar company. I could make a hundred million thousand dollars a year, but I choose, you know, to live a modest. Um, financial life because I think that there are more things outside of making money that also can fulfill that. And so I think that there is a happy balance. I and and I say that because I know that there are some people listening because I've employed some people who are like, I just want to be famous and I want to make a million dollars a year being a DJ. Well, I mean Unless you're Calvin Harris, guys, I mean, that's really difficult. So mm -hmm. I think we just need to be realistic about what is the balance of how can I do what I love, make make a living, and still live a balanced life. Because I think that at the end of the day, when you don't have a career and all that's left is you sitting on a front porch in the middle of a field, you know, sipping whiskey, watching grandchildren walk around, that's all that's going to matter. Yeah. That it would. Uh, had somebody question asked if there, you have any other resources you'd recommend beyond the Jelly Bean video? Ooh, oh my gosh! Yeah, I have a collection of books over here. Hang on. Okay, I'm, I'm going to okay. type these into the uh, so, the chat here as you go. So, so it depends on what you want to do in life. I have a million different books for everything that you might need to learn. <laughs> um, one of the books I'd recommend reading is called No Man's Land by Doug Tatum, and it really talks about. Um, when you, and this is for my business owners who are listening, it talks about those who are making $0 in revenue up to a half a million and then half a million to like 900,000 and then above 900,000, it's a whole nother operational beast. So that book I'd recommend, mm -hmm. um, the compound effect by Darren Hardy. I'm, I'm an avid book reader, so I'm going to give you guys tons of books, um, worth every penny by Sarah Petty. For anybody who is a solo talent who really wants to focus on customer service and celebrating their personal brand, that's a really great one. And then um, Winning by John Welch. I think he was the previous GM for General Motors, maybe, mm -hmm. VP of General Motors. And then Traction. I love the book Traction and Get a Grip. Those are really good ones for multi-ops. Get a grip. Okay, I was, I was keeping up with you pretty well there. <laughs> <laughs> so there, for the person who was asking about that, uh, there's there's some resources uh, if you want to go check those out. Uh, Kristen, our time is, is kind of running out here. If people would like to get in touch with you, uh, had some questions or something, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Best way is Instagram because late at night I'll be scrolling. So feel free to shoot me a DM um, or my link in bio has every way you can contact me. And my Instagram is at meet Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Excellent, excellent. You guys can pop out there and and reach out to Kristen and ask any questions and take it from there. So, Kristen, thank you much. This has been a great, great little half hour here, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I thank you for being with me tonight. Thanks, John. I always, I always enjoy my time with you. Yeah, thank you much. And gang, we'll be back again next Monday. Yeah, we have one next Monday. A couple more Mondays here in a row. So we'll catch you next week on our DJ Industry Spotlight. Uh -huh.